This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Depend, 
Blessed Jesus, hold my hand. Jesus, hold my hand. I need thee every hour. Through this pilgrim land, protect me by thy Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am and waiting not to rid my soul of one dark blot to thee whose blood can cleanse its part, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am, though tossed about with many a conflict, many a doubt, fightings and fears within, without all of God I come, I come, just as I am poor, wretched, blind, sight rich is healing of the mind, yea, all I need in thee I find, O Lamb of God, I come, I come, just as as I am, thou wilt receive, wilt welcome, pardon, cleanse, relieve, because thy promise I believe, O Lamb of God, I come. Welcome to Worship, Good Neighbors. You are listening to a Neighbors United in Christ parish worship service sponsored by the Lutheran Churches of Duranda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Lauren Tagg. Thanks today to Jim Haugerud and Debbie Tagg, our musicians. Our reader and provider of the children's sermon is Eileen Flatten, and our recording engineer is Isaac Christensen. 
You are able to join us at NUIC Podcasts and at 8 a.m. each Sunday morning on WPCA Radio, 93.1 FM, and its live internet stream on www.wpcaradio.org. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577 or by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, and through our website at www.nuicparish.org. Today's radio broadcast is sponsored by Judy and Jerry Winchell. We want to thank Judy and Jerry and WPCA Radio for this broadcast. The church is anywhere people gather in Jesus' name. Even when we are not together in a church building, God continues to be present in the creative and intentional ways that we gather for worship. Therefore, wherever you are at this time, worshiping in Jesus' name, your present location is the church. You may want to have a cloth to lay before you, a candle and a cross. You might enjoy making a small worship space to enhance your at-home worship experience. You may want to also have a Bible and Bibles for the kids at the home worship and the home worship materials. You also may want to get the grape juice or wine and bread as we will be celebrating communion again today. So as we begin worship, it is our desire to honor God, to open our hearts to the spirit of God's love and presence and begin with the invocation. Dedicating this hour to the presence and purposes of God, we worship together with God the Creator, Jesus our Savior, and the Spirit, our breath of life. Amen. We continue with the confession of sin and forgiveness. We confess our sins before God and one another. Saving God, too often we have turned away from you and toward ourselves. We have not had unity of spirit, sympathy, love for one another, a tender heart or a humble mind. We have repaid evil for evil. We have failed to serve. Draw us back into the joy of your beloved community and give us eager hearts to love our neighbors. God who redeems all flesh, gives you new life in Christ, and forgives you all your sins. Rejoice in the grace and mercy of God, through Jesus Christ our Savior, amen. I come to the garden alone, while the dew is voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God is
from every sin Someday he's coming back to claim his own We'll fly to heaven's open door A crown of life will get on that great day with him We'll live forevermore His hand is gently knocking on your door Outside he's pleading to come in His heart is breaking as he waits for you to His heart is breaking as he waits for you to wash you free from every sin. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Continue with the litany. Let us all who desire life and good days speak only goodness and truth. Let us turn from evil and do good in all things. Let us seek peace and pursue it with persistence. If we suffer for doing what is right, we know we are blessed. Do not fear what others fear. We will not be intimidated. Remember that Jesus reigns over all. We will praise God in our hearts. Please join me for the prayer of the day. Merciful God, you have called us into a unity of spirit as your beloved community. Help us to set aside outward appearances and cultivate the best in ourselves in order that others might do the same. For the sake of Jesus Christ, amen. I encourage you now to share the sign of the peace. Bless yourself or someone worshiping with you today, beginning with a touch on the forehead and use the Trinity formula. Be blessed, or I am blessed in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And at this time, we return to the Holy Scriptures and we have Elaine, Eileen share the children's sermon with you. The first reading is from Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 through 10. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The second reading is from 1 Peter's chapter 3. Wives, in the same way, accept the authority of your husbands, so that even if some of them do not obey the word, they may be won over without a word by their wives' conduct, when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. 
Do not adorn yourselves outwardly by braiding your hair and by wearing gold ornaments or fine clothing. Rather, let your adornment be the inner self with the lasting beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in God's sight. It was in this way long ago that the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by accepting the authority of their husbands. Thus, Sarah obeyed Abraham and called him Lord. You have become her daughters as long as you do what is good and never let fears alarm you. Husbands, in the same way, show consideration for your wives in your life together. Pay honor to the woman as the weaker sex, since they too are also heirs of the gracious gift of life, so that nothing may hinder your prayers. Finally, all of you have unity of spirit, sympathy, love for one another, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or abuse for abuse, but on the contrary, repay with a blessing. It is for you, it is for this that you were called, that you might inherit a blessing. For those who desire life and desire to see good days, let them keep their tongues from evil and their lips from speaking deceit. Let them turn away from evil and do good. Let them seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now who will harm you if you are eager to do what is good? But even if you do suffer for, nothing, for doing what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear, and do not be intimidated, but in your hearts sanctify Christ as Lord. Always be ready to make your defense to anyone who demands from you an accounting for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and reverence. Keep your conscience clear so that when you are maligned, those who abuse you for your good conduct in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if suffering should be God's will, than to suffer for doing evil. For Christ also suffered for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, in order to bring you to God. He was put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit in which also he went and made a proclamation to the spirits in prison, who in former times did not obey, when God waited patiently in the days of Noah during the building of the ark, in which a few, that is eight persons, were saved through water. And baptism, which this prefigured, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers made subject to him. So good morning, boys and girls. It's now time for our children's message. And as I like to say, it's for all of us who are still children at heart. There was a word that came a bunch of times in the first reading. Did anyone catch that important word? You're right, that most important word was blessed. Did you catch how many times the word blessed appeared in that passage? The word blessed showed up eight times in those 10 verses. That means it's an important idea. Matthew 5 verses 1 through 12 is known as the Beatitudes. Beatitudes is an old fancy word that means blessed. The Beatitudes are a list of blessings from God. So what is a blessing? We use the word blessing a lot. 
We ask God to bless our family, bless us. We even say bless you when someone sneezes. When you ask people what blessing means, you might get a lot of different answers. Some people say having a home is a blessing. blessing. Others may say their pets are blessing. Most everyone would agree that their family is a blessing. Lots of people say a blessing is God's love and peace in their lives. Do you think these people and your answers are right? Yes, you're right. It is a blessing to have a home, a family, pets, friends, food, toys, and getting to go to school, and especially having God's love and peace in our lives. These things are all blessings. But being blessed means so much more than that. Here's a simple way to define what a blessing is. A blessing is God's gift in our lives, even when we don't deserve it. Because God loves us, he wants to give us good things. Do your parents love you? Of course they do. How do they show that they love you? They feed you, teach you, take you to school, care for you when you're sick, play with you, hug you, and buy you things that you need and want. Your parents give you good things out of love. God blesses and gives us good things because he loves us too. Now with your parents, do you always get your way? Of course not. You can't stay up all night, you can't have ice cream for dinner, and you can't ride your bicycle on the highway. You have to go to bed and get a good night's sleep. You have to do your homework before you play your video games. You have to have vegetables with your dinner. And sometimes you may get a new coat for a present instead of getting that cool RC car. Why would your parents do these things? It's because your parents know that you need these things to live a happy, healthy life. You have to eat well, sleep well, stay safe and work hard in school to feel your best and do your best. So now let's think about how that relates to our relationship with God. Do you always get what we pray for? Do we always get our way? No, we don't. God knows what a good gift is better than we do. Sometimes when we think of blessings, we think of stuff like money or food or a house. These things can be blessings. We may think about health and family and friends when we think of blessings. These can be blessings too. But what about people who don't have homes? What about people who are sick and in the hospital? What about orphans who don't have a family? Are these people not blessed? Has God forgotten about them? I want you to listen closely here because this is very, very important. We can be homeless, familyless, and in the hospital and still be very, very blessed. When we follow Jesus, God strengthens us and gives us peace. We don't have to have nice things or even be healthy to be blessed. We are blessed when God is with us, and God is with us in our hearts when we choose to love him and follow his commandments. The Beatitudes are blessings we receive when we have certain attitudes. These attitudes are the attitudes of people who follow Jesus. I think they are called the Beatitudes because they are what our attitudes should be. They are the opposite of me attitudes, which are what we have when we choose to make ourselves and what we want more important than Jesus and what he wants. So could you please bow your head, fold your hands, and join me in prayer. Dear Father, help us to have the happiness that you want for us. Happiness that comes not from what happens to us, but from what happens inside of us. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. Into my heart, into my heart, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Come in today, come in to stay, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. It's good to be back with you this week. Uh, my wife and I have uh, had that wonderful thing called COVID, and we're getting back into the saddle again, and it's, uh, it's nice to be with you folks. When I read the uh, text today, I always get a little nervous because I don't want to call women the weaker sex, even though growing up, I have to admit that's kind of how I looked at it growing up on a farm. It was always the guys out doing the hay, and. Uh, all that stuff and my sister was always inside and so I kind of had that good old feeling that women weren't quite as strong or had as much strength but as I've gotten older I've started to learn that strength comes in many different ways and I know one thing I, I don't think I could do half the things that my wife does at times with kids and uh, the strength that women that I've gotten to know have so what was he trying to say uh, Peter to us. I'd like to share a little bit what one lady wrote uh, for this text from the preaching theme and hopefully that will be helpful to get us started. The main idea is God asks us to cultivate the best within ourselves so that we can allow room for others to do the same. Poopy pants, I'm not gonna lie. Being myself a woman as the weaker sex, this is a tough text to unravel. I clearly do not agree that women are weaker, or that women must refrain from braids to be better versions of themselves. A braid is, after all, an incredibly effective way of keeping hair out of your face when you're constructing your she-shed or removing a storm's fallen branches with a chainsaw. All joking aside, I don't think it's time well spent to talk about what the text isn't saying or shouldn't say. Instead, let's look at what the text does say. First, the text suggests that women refocus their energies 
away from outward appearances toward being the best version of themselves that they can be. Especially since our best selves have the capacity to encourage others to be their best selves. I can get behind this. Whenever I'm focused on proving to others that I am beautiful, smart, or competent, I am not spending energy actually being beautiful, smart, or competent. And when I'm living into my best, smartest, most competent self, then I allow room for those around me to become their best selves. That cannot happen if I am judgmental toward them or to myself, defensive or fake. Others can only be their most authentic selves when I am comfortable in my own skin and let them know they can be too. Secondly, the text says that husbands are to honor their wives too. In the time of 1 Peter, this meant respecting, supporting, and treating with kindness the women who often did rely upon them for their food, shelter, and clothing. Today, that may look different for husbands and wives. It might mean that husbands respect that even in marriage, no means no. It might mean that husbands also cultivate their own beauty, wisdom, and confidence so that there's room for others around them to do, the, to do the same. It might mean realizing that the successes of their wives do not diminish, but only enhance their own successes. If we look through this lens, God's works, works and words are always designed to lift up rather than put down. Then the rest of today's text shines. Do not repay evil for evil or abuse for abuse. Yes, do not fear what they fear. Of course, always be ready to make your defense to anyone who demands from you and accounting for the hope that is in you. Amen, brothers and sisters. We can live our lives so that when we are asked to be accountable, we can stand tall, strong, and with dignity and honor God with our being. This last week, I've uh, been wearing a t-shirt around the house that my son gave me, and it uh, kind of fits this text, that when we all do our best, we all do our best. When we are at our best, it means others can be at their best. It's a rather simple concept, and yet it's a hard one to deal with. We have a tendency to always want to be number one, or we want to have people not see our weaknesses, we only want to see what we think they want to see. But isn't it interesting that in this text today, we also had the Sermon on the Mount, and Eileen did a great job in sharing that with the kids. But those things, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are, and it goes through things that we don't always count. Or maybe we even look at the Isaiah picture of Jesus and we hear Isaiah saying he was not one who was good looking, not one who was to look at. We like to think of our heroes as being the best looking and we sometimes look for the outward, not the inward. What I think these texts talk about is that number one, we need to have an attitude of humility. And Chuck Swindell shares, humility is not how you dress, it is not the money you make, it is not where you live. It's not what you drive and it's not even how you look. We're never once commanded by God to look humble. Humility is an attitude. It is an attitude of the heart, an attitude of the mind. It is knowing your proper place, never talking down or looking down because someone, 
may be of a financial level less than yours. It is knowing your role and fulfilling it for God's glory and praise. I repeat, it is an attitude. The attitude Christ had, who emptied himself of the voluntary and independent use of his divine attributes. There is no quality more godlike than humility. The place of highest exaltation as we see in the Lord Jesus Christ is a place of self-emptying humility. It's not a phony baloney style of fake piety. It's true humility of mind. It's putting the other person first. It is being like Christ. I fear that we have a hard time with that. In fact, I had to smile. One of the stories I read this week from Stories from the Heart uh, kind of, again, talk about how even our culture and our world is always dealing with how beauty is so important. Uh, a successful beauty product company asked the people in a large city to send pictures along with brief letters about the most beautiful women they knew. Within a few weeks, thousands of letters were delivered to the company. One letter in particular caught the attention of the employees and soon it was handed to the company president. The letter was written by a young boy who was obviously from a broken home, living in a rundown neighborhood. With spelling corrections, an excerpt from his letter read, A beautiful woman lives down the street from me. I visit her every day, and she makes me feel like the most important kid in the world. We play checkers, and she listens to my problems. She understands me, and when I leave, she always yells out the door that she's proud of me. The boy ended his letter saying, the, this picture shows you that she is the most beautiful woman. I hope I have, I have a wife as pretty as her. Intrigued by the letter, the president asked to see the woman's picture. His secretary handed him a photograph of a smiling, toothless woman, well advanced in years, sitting in a wheelchair, sparse gray hair, was pulled back in a bun and wrinkles that formed deep furrows on her face were somehow diminished by the twinkle in her eyes. We can't use this woman, explained the president, smiling. She would show the world that our products aren't necessary to be beautiful. I think that's what Peter was trying to say. And I have to smile because a few years ago we were having a meeting at camp and one of our counselors, uh, was sitting on a bench and two of the campers were sitting next to him pretty close and we were talking about advertising and we came to the uh, the need for where deodorant came from and how uh, that became one of the things that wasn't a want anymore but a need and I shared how in Africa uh, they talked about us westerners who uh, put chemicals on to smell good and they didn't view life or the smell as being that bad when it was sweat. You may disagree or whatever, but the girls that were sitting next to him looked at me and said, that's crazy. And then this counselor said, looked at them and said, I don't use underarm deodorant. And immediately they both moved away from him instinctively, not wanting to be close to him. And isn't that what happens to us? We're fearful or we're made to be fearful of not fitting in or not having the right deodorant or not having the right looks, not having the right kind of things. And somehow that uh, affects our community. It affects how we relate to each other, even with people that we thoroughly, thoroughly think 
by the neatest people in the world. Peter and Jesus is talking about something different, about what, what we look like. And I have to admit, when I was younger, I never felt I was a good-looking guy. But as I got older, it didn't get any better. And as I'd look in a mirror, I thought, oh, man, what can I do? What can I make my wife think about me in a good way again? But is it the looks on the outward that makes a marriage or a friendship grow? It becomes those kinds of things of words that talk about lifting somebody else up, encouraging, caring for, serving, having compassion for. Aren't those the things that Jesus and God wants from us? And how we relate to each other in our most intimate relationships, but even in our other examples of life or, or friendships that we have. How is it that we treat people? How is it that we make people know that they are important just for who they are? We started off with a song, Just As I Am. That's how God wants us. But is that how we want others? And is that how we want others to accept us? I think it is. But it is hard, isn't it? We want to put on that veneer, that fake confidence, when all God is looking for a willing heart, a compassionate heart. We want to re remember where real contentment comes, and sometimes it's not always in the kinds of things that show up around us or the things that we're involved with. Max Licato shares from his book, No Wonder They Call Him the Savior, Ah, an hour of contentment, a precious moment of peace, a few minutes of relaxation. Each of us has a setting in which contentment pays a visit. Early in the morning while the coffee is hot and everyone else is asleep. Or maybe it's late at night as you kiss your six-year-old's sleepy eyes. Or in a boat on a lake when memories of a life well-lived are vivid. In the companionship of well-worn, dog-eared, even tear-stained Bible. In the arms of a spouse at Thanksgiving dinner or sitting near the Christmas tree, an hour of contentment, an hour when deadlines are forgotten and strivings have ceased. But unfortunately, in our squirrel cages of schedules, contests, and side glancing, hours like these are about as common as one-legged monkeys. In our world, contentment is a strange street vendor roaming looking for a home, but seldom finding an open door. This old salesman moves slowly from house to house, tapping on windows and knocking on doors, offering his wares an hour of peace, a smile of acceptance, a sigh of relief, but his goods are seldom taken. We're just too busy to be content. Not now, thank you. I have too much to do, we say. Too many marks to be made, too many achievements to be achieved, too many dollars to be saved, too many promotions to be earned. And besides, if I'm content, Someone might think I've lost my ambition. So the street vendor named Contentment moves on. My list of things was, for the most part, undone. My responsibilities were just as burdensome as ever. Calls to be made, letters to be written, checkbooks to be balanced. But a funny thing happened on the way to the rat race that made me slip into neutral. Just as I got my sleeves rolled up, just as the old engine was starting to purr, just as I was getting up a good head of steam, my infant daughter, Jenna, needed to be held. 
She had a stomach ache, and Mom was in the bath, so it fell on Daddy to pick her up. She's three weeks old today. At first, I started trying to do things which went with one hand and hold her with the other. <clears throat> you might be smiling. You maybe have tried that, too. Just when I realized that it was impossible, I also realized that it was not at all what I was wanting to do. I sat down, held her tight little tummy against my chest, and she began to relax. A big sigh escaped her lungs. Her whimp whimpers became gurgles. She slid down my chest until her little ear was right on top of my heart. That's when her arms went limp and she fell asleep. And that's when the street vendor knocked at my door. Goodbye, schedule. See you later, routine. Back, come back tomorrow, deadlines. Ah, hello, contentment. Come on in. That's what God wants for us, is to be fulfilled. To have peace, to be content. Regardless of the circumstances, even when suffering comes, God wants us to understand that the real inner strength and the real beauty of who we are is living in peace with ourselves, with God, and with his people. That contentment comes, irregardless of circumstances, when we have taken the time to do that which is most important, to share our love, to be with those that we love, to care, to be fulfilled. Because it's not what we put on, how we look, it's who we are as God's child. May today be one of those days when you are at your best, so we all can be at our best. In Jesus' name, amen. Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. The fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above. Before our Father's throne, we pour our ardent prayer.
Let us continue our worship together and confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. Suffering under Pontius Pilate was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We'll now continue with the prayers of the Church. Lord, listen to your children together as your beloved family in Christ. Grant us unity of spirit, sympathy, love for one another, tender hearts, and humble minds. Faithful God, you hear our prayer. Enfold all who suffer in your loving embrace. Give strength, hope, and courage to those who live with short-term or chronic illness of body or mind, especially Becky Anderson, Arlene Johnson, Craig Olson, Jean Hoisington, Kelsey Zamuda, Pat and Lucille Trofe, Christina Burgett, Helen Erickson, Gary Fredrickson, Randy Goglin, Rachel Seacrest, Julie Dubois, Jim Wade, Scott Morgan, Maury and Lee Nicholson, Dave Christensen, Debbie Bow, Richard Roos, the Olson family, Faithful God, you hear our prayer. Holy God, we place all for whom we pray into your loving care, trusting in the promise of your salvation. Amen. Lord, listen to your children praying. Lord, send your As people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church, even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, your home congregation, the synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and serve our neighbors. We'll continue with the offering prayer. Gracious God, you shower us with blessing upon blessing. Now we offer our gifts so that we may, in turn, bless the world. Accept them, we pray, that all may flourish. Amen. 
When the church celebrates Holy Communion, we gather with all saints from every time and place to hear again the story of God's power and the love shown to us through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body broken for you. Do this as often as you eat it in remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the wine, gave thanks, and gave it to all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now let us taste and see that the Lord is good. Take the bread, and as you eat it, hear this promise from Jesus, the body of Christ broken for you. Take the wine or grape juice, and as you drink it, hear this promise from Jesus, the blood of Christ shed for you. Now may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you to life everlasting. Amen. Called to walk together as the body of Christ, let us abide with one another in peace. Thanks be to God. So now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you with grace and mercy. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace. Amen. Be not dismayed, whatever be God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide, God will take care of you. God will take care of you through every day. Thank you for listening to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amory, Wisconsin. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. God will take care of you. God